Welcome to the Sermons Podcast, a ministry of Vienna Assembly of God, located right here in Vienna, Virginia. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hope you enjoy today's sermon. Hope in the name of the Lord, and today we are looking at the name Yahweh Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Our theme verse for this study comes from Psalm 52.9, which says, And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. As we continue our focus through the pandemic, through our national reckoning with our systemic problems of racist practices and attitudes, as we enter a hot summer of political debate, and rise to meet the challenges of a faltering economy, we continue to listen to God's instruction to focus on these things which remain. The scripture tells us that in the last days, everything will be shaken. And I think we can attest to feeling pretty shaken up in 2020. And it's not even half over. But faith Hope and love remain, my friends, and we are committed in this year to growing in faith, in hope, and in love. Well, as a quick review, we're in the middle of our hope series, and I love the verse that says, I will hope in your name, for your name is good. Throughout scripture, God reveals himself to us through his names. The meanings behind these names reveal the central personality and nature of the one who bears them. We learn God's character as we learn his names. Last week, we looked at the name Yahweh or Jehovah. God exists. He is the I am that I am, and he reveals himself unceasingly. He rewards us as we seek him by continuing to reveal himself. As we grow in our relationship with God, we are able to hear his voice, understand his purposes, and live in to the places and the positions he is calling us to. Last week, I read a whole list of some of the names of God. I'm not going to do that today, but I hope we get it that this is not some academic exercise or a vocabulary lesson. As we look at the ways God has revealed himself to us through his names, we are strengthening our connection with God, literally building our friendship as we get to know him better. Today, we're going to look at the name Yahweh Nissi, the Lord is my banner. We will be reading from the book of Exodus, the 17th chapter. The Lord is my banner. This story is about identity, about association, about choosing a side. This battle shows us the power of community and working together. It provides an inspirational view of intercession. The battle took place after the Hebrew children had complained against Moses for having no water. God instructed Moses to take his staff and strike the rock. When he did, water flowed out of the rock, 
providing sustaining life for the entire nation. This passage we're about to read also includes the first mention in scripture of the writing of official records. It is interesting that the message was to be written and then proclaimed orally. The two great streams of sacred tradition flowing in this place where the water had flown out of the rock. Let's pick up the story in Exodus 17. We're going to begin at verse 8. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nissi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray for your anointing on this word, on my speech. Help me to say what you are guiding me to say and anoint our ears, minds, and hearts to receive what you have for us today from your word. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is the only place in scripture where this name for God, Yahweh Nissi, is used. The Hebrew word for banner here, because it, it means the Lord is my banner, that word it, it is talking about a pole with an insignia on the end, usually made of a shiny metal or crystal that would catch the sunlight and be brightly visible. It would be held up at the front of a line of soldiers to identify them and to encourage them. There is another Hebrew word for banner that is somewhere in times used in the scripture, and it's talking about a sailcloth or linen, and that is more corresponding to our our way of thinking about a banner. But here in this passage, when it's the Lord is my banner, it is more along the lines of this pole. Moses uses this name for God, interestingly, after spending the day holding up the staff of God with the help of Aaron and her. 
So what can we learn from this moment in Israel's history to help us right now in our current moment? There are principles here that can help you with every battle you are facing. Friends, we believe in spiritual formation, meaning that we can grow more and more like Jesus, that we allow Jesus to be formed in us. The challenges you are facing serve to shape you. The challenges we are facing serve to shape us. If we respond to God's call and yield to his spirit at work in us, he'll take every battle and use it to form us to be more like him. But I want to suggest that in addition to each of our own personal challenges, whatever they may be, every one of us is in a common battle right now. Our culture is in upheaval and turmoil, reckoning with a battle that matters to all of us. I believe the ministry of reconciliation is one that we are all called to and that God is using our current events to reveal and convict and heal and release. The sin of racism is one that permeates so very much that it can only be overcome by the power of God, the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all unrighteousness, and the Spirit of God guiding us into all truth. Hear me. Overcoming racism is a part of Christian discipleship. It's a part of our spiritual formation and it doesn't work to claim it doesn't exist we have to acknowledge it and allow the holy spirit to help us be formed to be like jesus so let's learn from today's text amalek was the first and constant enemy of israel following their deliverance from egypt they were attacking because they wanted to take over this place that had become an oasis in the desert. They were a nomadic people with flocks and herds, and they were ready to take away territory that Israel was occupying. Some scholars have drawn a comparison with Amalek to what we call the flesh. Amalek was a grandson of Esau, the oldest son of Isaac. Esau sold his birthright to Jacob because he was hungry, a craving of the flesh. We know that Jacob became the father of the Israelite nation, of course, and God gave him the name Israel. And now the Amalekites, these descendants of the grandson of Esau, are the ones attacking Israel. So if we're going to think about that analogy, what is the flesh? What are we talking about? It is that part of us that literally wars against the spirit, according to Galatians. Think about that. It is that part of us that instead of allowing us to live in freedom and enjoyment in the oasis of the water of God flowing through our life, wants to take that away and destroy it. So what does that look like? Galatians 5 gives us the picture. 
Let's, I'm going to read verses 16 and 17. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the third person of Jehovah Nissi, Yahweh Nissi, the Lord is my banner, the one to follow, guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Can you accept that there is a constant enemy that doesn't want you to enjoy the oasis of freedom that God has provided? I love how this passage in Galatians points out that we all have good intentions, <laughs> but we still have to win the battle against the sinful nature, which is the first and constant enemy of God's best in your life. Now, in case you need help identifying what the sinful nature is like, the scripture helps us there too. Let's see what Galatians has to say. Reading on down verses 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to look at that just a minute because sometimes I think we think that the works of the flesh stopped at verse 19. Here they, you, you'll hear a lot of things about sexual immorality and impurity and lustful pleasures. You might also hear about down in verse 21, envy and drunkenness and wild parties. Ooh, that's the sinful nature acting on up. But my friends, the middle of the sandwich is where the meat is. Let's look at verse 20. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hostility. Quarreling. Jealousy. Outburst of anger. Selfish ambition. Dissension and division. Have you ever thought that idolatry was something those people did way back then when they made a calf out of gold and decided to worship it? We need to understand that idolatry is alive and well right now in our culture, and we're seeing it lived out. If there's anything between you and Almighty God that you will worship higher than the name of God, that's called idolatry, and we must not worship things emblems, 
monuments, nations. We must not have idolatry. It's a work of the flesh, and it is contrary to the spirit of God. I want you to pay attention to what the Amaleks might be in our life and understand they are not good. They are not what God has for you. All right. What can we learn from Moses to engage in this fight? First, intercession and prayer. The act of holding up hands is an image of prayer throughout the scripture. Adding the staff of God in his upheld hands is a picture of utter dependence on the power of God. In this text, this battle is unique. No other time was this pattern used for the um, children of Israel in their battles. But it gives us a powerful symbol to grab hold of and use. As long as Moses' hands were up, Israel was winning. When he became weary and put his hands down, they began to lose. The letting his hands down symbolized a dependence on self. I encourage you, don't give up on prayer. Intercede. Ask for God's deliverance. Ask for God's help. I don't know if he realized what an encouragement it was to me this past week, but Tom gave a great testimony in a leadership meeting saying, it was just this simple. He said, I can definitely say that I've seen God answer some of my main prayers in these last few weeks, and he did it in surprising ways, answering in ways that I didn't expect. That just put some steel into my life. It was an encouraging word for two reasons. It told me, Thank God there's more people praying than just me. You know, he's praying. There's, we are praying. And God answers prayers. He brings about the results that we need to see, my friend. Do not give up on prayer. God will meet you in some surprising ways as you take time to meet with him. Overcoming those passions and desires, the pride and hate, the attitudes and opinions that war against the spirit requires utter dependence on God. One of the ways we're going to live that out is through prayer. The next thing I see in this is community. Moses could not accomplish this moment of prayer and dependence by himself. He took Aaron and her with him up to the top of the hill. We aren't told if he knew in advance why he was bringing them along. But other times, Moses would go up the mountain alone to meet with God. But this time, he knew he needed somebody. He had to have help. He needed someone to engage with him in holding up his hands. You need community around you. We need community around us. But I'm going to, I want to add a couple of cautions to this. As the divisiveness has deepened in our culture, people seem to splinter off 
into smaller and more insular groups, digging in their heels on certain issues and becoming unwilling to listen. We, we, the followers of Jesus, and especially you, my people here in this church, I'm calling us, we have to continue to grow in the Christian graces of humility, kindness, servanthood, charity, and generosity, etc. Community for us who are following Jesus is to be a transforming agent in our lives. In order for there to be transformation, there will sometimes be challenge, disagreement, conviction, and changed minds. In order for there to be transformation, there will sometimes be discomfort, reaching out to new people with customs and backgrounds unfamiliar to our own. In order for there to be transformation, there will be the willingness to listen, to learn, to consider walking the proverbial mile in another's shoes. So we need community, but don't make that mean that you just are only surrounded by an echo chamber and never are challenged. We need community, and since March 15, We've been having to work at community in new ways, haven't we? <laughs> this digital relationship is a challenge, and yet I am so thankful, so very thankful for the ways we have stayed in community with each other during this time. The church board has led with excellence during this pandemic, and I have gained so much by having the leading next team I appreciate Pastor Craig leading the home group sessions and the community of you all gathered there. I have enjoyed uh, just hanging out and connecting with our teenagers on Friday afternoons. Uh, the chance to do virtual home visits with you has been great. Community is important. And I want to encourage all of us to continue to lean in, continue to strengthen relationships and build new ones. In this book of Exodus, the next chapter after what we read today is the story of Jethro advising Moses to develop more leaders to help him carry the burden of leading God's people. I feel that. I need community. I need help. And I appreciate the leadership God has given us here. And we need to keep developing more leaders in order to move forward according to God's call on our lives. We need community. And we especially need community in prayer. Of course we can each pray on our own, but listen, the ministry of intercession is wearying and we need to hold each other up, connect and pray in agreement with each other. This is one of the things I so appreciate is our prayer times on Wednesday evenings, just for this reason. Well, the third thing I see in this story, so we need to have intercession, we need to have community, but what we see in this story is identity. Choose a side. Yahweh Nissi, the Lord is my banner. 
As I said, this indicates a pole or a standard held up at the front. It's identifying which side you're on. Moses was declaring that for him and the people of Israel, God himself is that standard. God himself is who goes in front of them. God himself is the one that encourages them. God himself is their identity. They have chosen to be on God's side, which, friends, is very different from claiming that God is on your side. If we are going to overcome the battles in this life, we must constantly take stock of our position and be sure that we have gotten in line behind Yahweh Nissi, that we are standing with him. How do we do that without becoming divisive ourselves? What if I am trying to follow God with all my heart and I feel passionately about a certain issue and I believe with all my heart that the reason I feel the way I do is because that is how God has taught me to feel? And what if I have a friend that I know is also trying to follow God with all their heart and they feel the exact opposite from me on that certain issue with equal passion and equal belief that this is how God has taught them to feel on that topic who is on God's side in situations like this how do I relate to Yahweh Nissi? The Lord is my banner. This is where I want to wrap this up today. We are in upheaval in our culture in serious and hopeful ways. Hopeful, you say? Yeah, I think hopeful because there's potential for transformation. The atmosphere is ripe for a powerful awakening in people's hearts to the good news of Jesus. I frankly was reluctant to focus on this text today because it is the story of a battle. And we might prefer a break from anything that includes violence and destruction and a battle. And so I was gonna focus on another name of God, but the Lord kept bringing me back here. I think he's speaking to us today, and there's some of you that needed to hear this. Now, as a reminder, we live in the new covenant. Jesus has fulfilled the law and the prophets. Old covenant language about conquering peoples and violent battles and the such must be read through the lens of Jesus through the lens of Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. With that said, sometimes we don't choose the battles. The battles choose us. None of us knew at the beginning of this year all that we would be dealing with here in the middle of June, but God can use every one of these situations to do the work within us that we need 
for living out his purposes. So back to choosing sides. We're in a political season. We're in a pandemic, which has created so much confusion and opinions and differing responses. We are in a history-making moment of racial tension and reconciliation. How do we know which side is God's side? What if my brother or sister or friend whom I love deeply seems to be on the other side from me? Does that give me permission to start gratifying the sinful nature, to move into idolatry, hostility, dissension? We know the answer to this. We know better. And yet, the people of God have a history of ignoring this part of the gospel when it is inconvenient to our desires, our comfort, our sense of right, and our demand for our rights. Moses said of Amalek, they have lifted up their fists against the throne of God. We must be careful which hands we are raising. Are we holding up the hands of dependence on God? Or have we joined in a battle of the flesh, acting and living in ways contrary to the spirit of God? If you feel strongly that someone has chosen the wrong side, Lift up your arms in prayer for them, asking God to have his way. As we pray for each other, we gain empathy and insight and the ability to find community even in disagreement and understand that it is our duty and our opportunity to every day look for ways to grow in our own relationship with him listening and learning and acting according to his will. What is God's side? God's side is God's side. God's will is for the good news of Jesus to be proclaimed throughout the world. God is not willing that any should perish, but that everyone repent. When we declare Yahweh Nissi, the Lord is my banner, we are saying, I'm with him. <laughs> I want to see all of us rise above the sinful nature. <laughs> I'm with Yahweh Nissi. I want all of us to overcome the corrupt ways of the flesh. The Lord is my banner. I will do my part to bring the good news of Jesus to my corner of the world and help send others that are going out to fill, fulfill Jesus' command to go to all the world. I'm with him. The Lord is my banner. And if I learn today that something I am doing or believing or saying is in opposition to the Lord, I repent. I lay down my life for Jesus. Jesus is more important to me than anything else. The Lord is my 
banner. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And scripture says, then we will overcome the Amaleks that are coming against us. The Lord is my banner, the standard behind which I line up and follow. Then we will overcome the sinful nature, the first and constant enemy that raises itself up against the kingdom of God. The Lord is my banner. I'm with him. Let's pray. God, I lift my hands before you today in prayer. I lift my hands before you in praise. I lift my hands before you in humility and repentance and ask that you help us to stay with you, the Lord, my banner, that we not in, get into sides that aren't yours, <laughs> that we not be... Um, filled with idolatry and dissension, but instead we would lift you up, the Lord, my banner. And when we are convicted of sins of the flesh, of history, of doing things that you have specifically pointed out are wrong, help us repent. Help us to give up things that we have held on to. Help us to give them to you and lay our lives down Take up our cross daily and follow you, the Lord, my banner. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Go forth in the name of the Lord. We hope in his name because it is so good.